In today's episode, the drama, faith, heavy and dark emotions will be very present. I'm sure that who is listening knows or heard someone who had identical problems with or similar. Someone whose life was kind and very brutal in a blink of an eye. As I'm continuing this podcast, a lot of different life stories have been popping out in my way. It seems that life wants me to spread out into the world these truly bravery stories from different areas of our society. It seems that life wants me to show you that it's okay if you're having problem that you are ashamed of. So, our hero from today he is a guy who is successful on his professional life, a very well-known lawyer who was always searched for solve the complicated cases that appear in courts. I cannot reveal his name because of uh, you'll see why. Let's call him João. Means John in Portuguese. I tried to interview him, hoping he would give us this beautiful life story, but it wasn't this time that I have someone to share the episode with. Well, he's not not an old guy, no. He is in what we call middle age, like me. More specifically, 48 years old. He didn't grow up in a rich family or had someone who had been a lawyer in his inner circle. Like he told me, he said, I always wanted to be a lawyer, maybe because of the television stories, but it had something that pulled me over to understand how law works. And what a hell of a lawyer he became. He's a tall guy, around two meters. It's a kind, it's a kind impressive being nearby him. And I'm also that tall. Well, not that tall. Shoulders. He has what I call a radio voice mixed with a very grave note. You should have heard him. A very empathetic guy, which almost impossible not to like him. At the same time, very narrowed on his goals, very rational on choosing the right path to be successful in his work. One client of him said it's a very intimidating person at the court. Not because he wanted him to, but he's very objective on what he wants. You can imagine like Cristiano Ronaldo when he's focused on the pitch during a football match. Yes, that image, the same image. Apparently, everything was going well, but inside of him, João, a different giant was trying to defeat him, like Goliath tried to defeat David. This time, Goliath is not an external problem like we had in the last episode. For João, that was something inside, eating him alive and even worse, without him noticing. It could, it could be considered as a freak, but no, it's not. For me, he is a hero. This is the David and Goliath podcast, and I will tell you real stories from normal people who had great mighty wars and defeated their giants. I try not to give my personal history into this podcast, but last episode I had to do it. Do I really need it? No, it was, but it was easy for me to explain the apparently defeat that Antonio has suffered in his life when he returned to Madeira. Was I comfortable on sharing with you? No hell no. 
it was something like ripping apart something out of my chest. The same feeling when João was telling me his story. I knew João because he's a friend of a friend of mine, and I met him one year ago, at the time when my life had a twist. Apparently, life was treating him good, while to me it was like dropping an atomic bomb where everything was burned inside. It hurts like hell. I start to talk with him about my life, and when I realized that he started also to tell me his life. Until today, I don't know why he did it. I met him a few minutes, I don't think it was more than an hour, and suddenly I found out he was even in a shittier place than me. His father, when he was two years old, was flying back home in November of 1977, in a night flight, after he went to Lisbon for personal matters. It was heavy raining on the airport, with low visibility. It could be a very big problem, considering a very short runaway. The most pessimistic prediction came true. The airplane tried to land for two times, and by the end of the second time, it landed at the middle of the runway, not having enough space to brake. Breaking the airplane in, in two, falling down and stopping on the rock bottom of the ocean. A lot of people came out of this crash. One of them was João's father. His mother had a, a nervous breakdown and could not take care of him and the, their brothers. An aunt came from Lisbon to help her. And suddenly she became my mother, told João. My aunt Sophie became my mother. João was the youngest one of his two more older sisters, were almost alone in this world. Father dead, mother ill, and aunt that became their mother, who also was a completely stranger for them, especially for his sisters. With two years old, and life gave him his first present. What a present! For him, wasn't a big deal, most because he didn't recall like his sister did, he thinks. Aunt Sophie became my mother, and you can bet I loved her like she was my real mother, said João. And he continues, I was always surrounded by female presence until I was seven, the time that my aunt, or my mother Sophia, met a guy and got married. From two years old, suddenly I had a masculine presence in my daily life, said João. We moved out from, from our house to a new, new one that my aunt bought with his new husband. Was so far away from my friends that I always hated that place. John continued to say, I didn't like him because he drank a lot. He was always drunk. Didn't beat my mother, Sophia, but she was very unhappy person and by the end of the second year of marriage they divorced. We returned to our former house again. I was nine. At the same time, my real mother died of grief. She never handled my father's death. I felt sorry for her, but at the same time, a very big anger. Why did you leave us? Why did you never thought about us? I had a very dark and dense heart in my chest at that period of time. 
Who would have thought that was the reason for his life turning point when he became 46? He said, life goes on and I focus on studies. That was the solution that I used to cool down my anger. And so he did. He became one of the best students in his school. He found out his love for law and focusing on being a lawyer in the future. He said, it was like an obsession. That's what I wanted and that's what I will get it. João remembered back in the days his motivation of be becoming true his dreams. Sometimes, or most of the times, I slept under the books. My mother Sofia would grab me and line me in the bed. After a few times, she forced me to go to bed at 10, recalls João. But when my mother left my bedroom, I grabbed the books, turned on the flashlight and studied throughout the night. My desire of being a lawyer was pretty big and nothing would stop me. And so he did. He's one, one, one of the top students of the high school and had enough grades to enter the Law University in Lisbon. In October of 1993, João was submitted into Lisbon Law University. His dream was becoming true. Lisbon was a very strange place for a young kid who was used to live in Funchal, said João. People were more cold once. The city was dirtier than Funchal, and also it was much colder. If I could imagine what it feels like being at the North Pole, I couldn't remember those cold days in January in Lisbon. At the beginning it was, it was strange and hard, until I started the lessons and knowing new people. He continues. My new friends were so much different from what I had in high school. I, I had around me punks, heavy metal guys, nerd people, normal people, black people, gay people, political people, whatever. Quite different from what I had in Funchal, but I loved it. I felt quite well being surrounded by them. I loved everybody, but I met a guy that had a special bond with me. Fernando was his name, and we had a lot of fun on those days. He was a friend of mine until the end of the course. Fernando was a guy from Almada, with the same age as mine, and, like me, was like a bird that would come out of his cage. At the beginning, we went to so many parties that for a moment I forgot that I was in Lisbon to become a lawyer. And when I realized December was around the corner and I didn't start studying yet, I stopped the good life and grabbed the books. Of course, Fernando was with me. We were like nail in flesh, like we said here in Portugal. He was like a brother to me. So the exams came and, like I predict, it was easy for him, for João, and more or less for his friend Fernando. His mother Sofia was very proud of him. Not only he passed the exams, but also with high grades. Fernando one day turned to him and said, We need to celebrate this victory. Let's go and do it something completely different from what you have done until today, shall we? Juan said with natural curiosity and excitement said, let's go, we deserve it. Fernando had a cousin who was the owner of a strip club in Lisbon and he invited us to go over there and have fun, said his cousin. Juan said to me, 
I told Fernando that I didn't have enough money to buy or drink anything at that place. He replied to me, saying that everything was an offer from his cousin, since he, he had good grades at the exams. J Juan continues his story. So we went there, on a Monday evening, where the club had less customers and also gave the cousin Fernando the possibility to have people inside the club. The place was not a fencing place, but it was also wasn't a shitty hole. More or less the same of what we see at the movies. Two girls were dancing in an improvised stage, showing her breast to two guys who were staring at them like they were sewing God at their front. We sat down in a corner of the club, as if we were doing something illegal, and at the same time two almost naked girls sat down with us. Two Russian blonde girls with the blue ocean eyes who had the biggest breasts that I ever seen in a, in a woman spoke with a bad Portuguese. They spoke so bad that I wasn't understanding most of what they are saying. And also, I was so nervous, remembers João. He continues, I never was with a naked girl bes beside me. I was so excited, but also I didn't know what to do. What should I say? We start drinking. Offer from the house, said Fernando. I think I drank half of a bottle of Scottish whiskey. When, all of a sudden, I was having sex with one of the Russian girls. That was the day that I, I lost my virginity. Russian hooker. Not my most proud moment in my life, said Juan with an embracing smile. Little did he know that he has awakened something inside him that would stay with him for the next 25 years. João moves on and saying, Since that evening, every time that I celebrate some achievement, I had sex. During my student days, I started to go to the street hookers. I didn't have enough money to do go with the Russian girls, like I had in that night. So, for 10 euros, I could have sex. At the beginning, I was feeling ashamed of myself. I was feeling like I wasn't normal guy, that I had a problem to fix. But at the same time, those thoughts come to my mind, the memory of excitement of having sex rush over me and I completely forgot the, sh the same shame feeling that I had. Since I passed an exam, I would go chasing sex. No one knew this addiction, and I think not even myself. It, I thought that was a normal thing. But things were getting worse as the time were passing by. Until one day. In 2016, my company at that time was starting to getting notice in Madeira Island. All the major projects in the construction area in the island had always my mark. Hotels, marketplaces, big houses. I was becoming a phenomenon. And the confirmation happened in 2018, when I won a prize of one of the greatest companies who was established in Madeira. But I want more because my ego was haunted by a monster, or a giant, inside of me. And I didn't notice that the existence of it until I fell down on the ground. The same happened with João. He returns to Funchal at the beginning of the 20th, 21th century, in 2001. 
finished his course with high grades and became a promise of an exceptional lawyer. Started to work in a major lawyer firm established in Funchal. He was starting to getting noticed and, like me, he had one of his hand all the major cases of the company. He was starting to be a star, which, to, which he turned out to be. The sex addiction was with him, getting even stronger at this stage of his life. At this time, he recalls, I didn't go to the street prostitutes. Now I could afford more classy girls, even better than the Russian ones. Every time that I went to Lisbon, I paid for two or three girls for having sex. As soon as I arrived at the hotel, it was crazy. I spent almost 50% of my money on sex. He recalls that in 2005, he met his future wife. He said, The first time that I fell in love, truly in love, we dated for two years and got married by the end of the second year. We had two little princes, which they continue to be my princesses. I could say that most part of my life was normal. The family, being one of the top lawyers, the expensive cars, the beautiful vacations around the world. But the monster was always trying to move out. The hookers weren't enough, so I was using apps in my mobile phone like Pornhub. And of course, I was a premium customer. I would masturbate for three to four times a day, only to have that feeling of excitement, that pleasure. I imagine all kind of sex position. I think I create new ones that not even Kama Sutra was remembered of. I would like to recall to you that the persons who were addicted to sex as a consequence on their life, which is lack of magnesium on their body. And Juan continues. Suddenly I was suffering from cramps. I would have cramps in places that I wouldn't even imagine. And it got worse as time goes by. Also my levels of anxiety were climbing to levels which were unbearable. I was so getting upset with life that I would start screaming to my girls out of the blue. The feeling of emptiness was so big that I remember waking up one night in a hotel in Lisbon with three women in my bed, going to the balcony and tried to commit suicide. I was feeling miserable. Of course, I was living in a roller coaster, and it was obvious to everybody that the end would not be pretty to see. João recalls, in 4th of April of 2019, my wife found out all of my betrayals and my addiction and asked for a divorce. I left my house two days later. I left only with some clothes and suits. Everything else, my ex-wife gave it away. That's what I heard a few months later. Also, my daughters found out my addiction, and since that day, they don't talk to me anymore. I drove to, to a place of sightseeing, very well known in Funchal, where you can see the city, but also known for the place where some people committed suicide. I was standing there, feeling absolutely nothing unless a deep sadness and helpfulness of all what my life coming through. 
I was almost jumping through the cliff down when I heard a voice asking me, What about your girls? Are you gonna leave them behind? What about you? Will you give up? No need to tell you that I stopped, shaking all over my body, as if I suddenly had gained consciousness again and saw what I was going to do. I, Francisco, know that feeling when you are being trapped in a corner, where you don't find any kind of solution of, for your life. Looks like that everything it is to cause us harm or create pain. I know what João felt at that day. That voice that he said he heard gave him hope. He said to me, The next day I went to the office, submit three weeks vacation. I explained that I was getting through a divorce and I needed to rebuild my strength again. I didn't tell them about my sex addiction. Too ashamed to do it. He continues. After that meeting, I went running away to a psychiatric for an appointment, which it did two days after. He describes his consultation. I went there for the next three months. At first talk, I realized that the cause of my addiction was death of my father, even though I had only two years old. But somehow, my brain recorded the vision of my mother grieving my father's death, creating a very deep feeling of sadness and helpless for not having the possibility of helping her. Her death was something that I was feeling guilty of. Also, with nine years old, seeing the divorce of my mom Sophia increased that wound of sadness, not having the power of yielding my mom's divorce. That's why at the time I was starting to focus only on studying, a solution for not feeling the pain. As I get older, the sadness was increasing and the only way to cap with that was by excitement of having sex. The more, the better, until was no longer under control and having the sense of complete sadness inside of me. The sex could not replace the sadness for happiness. I was hitting a hole. I went to meetings of a local associations, like the Alcoholic Anonymous, and I found out that all of them, men and women, had some big shit inside of them. Like I also had. Some guys had gone through some th big things in life, like rap, rapping. Sometimes I looked at myself and I felt pity. I had everything. I am a very successful lawyer. And even though I'm here, bleeding from all the pores of my body, yes, I cried a lot. He continues, the doctor said I needed to find someone who would be my supervisor on the telephone and computer, as we did with my sons, but who? I was lonely, until I met a girl with more or less my age. She had passed through deep things. At night, when I was feeling lonely inside, I would send her a voice message in WhatsApp, like kind of recording my pain, and she always showed me the clearance path for, being, for getting through my misery. She was like an angel, and yes, she is the supervisor of my telephone and computer. Having passed by through this kind of challenges like this one, 
remind me the London is at the Blitz. The far missed ones and the courage and brave that came along with that. Like they said back then, move out and miss all of this, not for all the gold in China. I admire Zhuang's courage, not only sharing this story with me, but also facing his Goliath the way he did. I'm a truly fan of him. The first five episodes, we talk about mighty challenges that our heroes faced and overcome. But those challenges were outside, within their vision field. They recognize at early stages and strike this challenge. These cases, the giant Goliath is in front of them. For João, Goliath was more sneaky. He was like the terrorists who are hidden among the crowd. He's inside, growing, feeding himself from the misery that is inside of the person. Growing in such a way that one day he had a fully control of life's person. Like the zombies we see all day around us. In my case, I didn't have sex addiction like João had. Or should I say has. Because it's something that will not vanish from his life, I think. My Goliath was also in control most of the time of my life, like João, and also I hit a wall. You need to have enough courage to admit the dark places that belongs to you and let the light coming through and gave them shapes. Admit your vulnerability like I did. It's so hard, it's so painful to admit I have this, and I am this. I'm feeling so lucky for João share this story with me and also gave the authorization to share this story with you. Like me, that I needed all days remember that I'm good enough, that I'm enough. João has to look his cars every day and look at them as angels who restored his life again. He continues to be a successful career as a lawyer. His wife is con continue to be his supervisor, lover, best friend and companion and the best news of all is start talking again with his daughters they are seeing that their father is a human being but also a superhero i never thought that sex would be my prison he said for the first half of my life and at the same time my ticket for peaceful mind loving life yes sex is my survivor i can assure that I would like to finish this episode saying to you, don't ever, ever give up.